I am Barış Keskin of Elon University in North Carolina. And my name is Sibel Oktay, Associate Professor at the University of Illinois at Springfield and Non-Resident Fellow at the Chicago Council on Global Affairs. Sibel's book, Governing Abroad, is just about to come out. So, Sibel, please tell us about the book. What is it about? Thank you. So the book is about foreign policy making in parliamentary systems and shows how party politics and specifically multi-party coalition governments shape foreign policy far more than we think. Did you know, Burish, that 90% of post-war European governments are coalitions? Well, that means, yeah, that means there's more than one party position with different interests and preferences. And coalitions aren't peculiar to Europe. Israel, as you very well know from your own research, is going to have its fifth election in four years very soon. Yes. And that has never been ruled by a single party government. Mm -hmm. India, Japan, Australia, Canada, these are all countries that experience coalition governments every now and then. And so coalitions are everywhere, but we still have a little understanding of how they act in foreign affairs. History shows that coalitions can sometimes engage in powerful international commitments, such as participating in military operations or signing major international agreements, but otherwise they don't. For instance, during the Euro missile crisis of the 1980s, Netherlands postponed its decision to station NATO missiles on its soil several times. And Israel, for instance, negotiated the Oslo Accords back in the 1990s, but they essentially stole the Annapolis talks 10 years later then. So the book sets out to explain how multi-party coalitions, by way of bringing parties together in different constellations, help or hinder the, the regime's ability to act decisively abroad. So how are you doing that in governing abroad then? What evidence do you use to support this argument? I'm focusing specifically on the post-Cold War period in Europe. This is a region that's experienced a plethora of, uh, of coalition governments in different shapes and sizes. And because we're in the post-Cold War period, at a, looking at a multipolar post-Cold War period, we assume that great power politics was much less pronounced in shaping these governments' behaviors. I employ both statistical analyses and offer historical analyses of key foreign policy episodes. So first, I've surveyed nearly 20,000 instances of foreign policy behavior, including leader visits, uh, downgrading of diplomatic relations, and so on and so forth, um, to find out whether the coalition's stability in the parliament and its ideological unity shape the decisiveness of these behaviors and mm -hmm. others. Then I focused on three countries, Denmark, the Netherlands, and Finland, to investigate how different types of coalitions tackle some keystone foreign policy issues during this period, such as the Gulf Wars or the European Union integration processes. What did you find out? I found out that coalitions are fundamentally different than single party governments in foreign policy making. But more importantly, coalitions also differ substantially among each other. For instance, coalitions that have solid and stable majorities in parliament are the most capable of committing internationally. But when these parties lose their ideological unity, um, when these parties are far away from each other ideologically, um, they lose their edge and begin to act with much less decisiveness and assertiveness. Obviously, an out-of-sample example here would be, again, Israel, mm -hmm. where a government might be mathematically stable in the Knesset, but they might be ideologically all over the place. And mm -hmm. that, again, dovetails with your own research. Oh, yes. So where do leaders stand there? Right. So in my historical analyses, I found uh, that leaders were quite impactful in terms of shaping the narrative and finding out areas of compromise. 
So, for instance, the late Danish foreign minister, Uffe Ellemann Jensen, who passed away recently, was mm. critical in pulling Denmark into the 1991 Gulf War. Similarly, Soli Nienisto, the current president of Finland, who was the finance minister back in the 1990s, late 1990s, was instrumental in finalizing Finland's adoption of the euro as its new currency. So leaders were definitely important in making these commitments happen, but of course their influence was always framed by the institutional context set by these coalition governments in charge. Okay, so Sibel, who do you think will find governing abroad the most useful? I wrote this book for those who want to take a closer look at the domestic politics of foreign policy in Europe, and especially those who want to get a political party-level understanding of foreign policymaking in parliamentary regimes. I hope that not just scholars, but also policymakers in the U.S. and elsewhere will find this study timely and important. I have no doubt about that. And Governing Abroad is coming out this month in hardcover, paperback, and will be open access from the University of Michigan Press. You all can purchase it online on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and also other major bookstores. I am excited for you. I am thrilled for you. Congratulations on your, uh, on your book. And thank you very much for this conversation. Thank you very much, Barish, for your kind words and for this great conversation. <laughs>